Hello, and welcome to the Salisbury Pediatric Associate Health and Wellness Newsletter Audiocast. I'm your host, Dr. M. This is volume 13, issue number 46, which happens to correspond with the week of October 30, 2023. This week, we're going to talk about delayed gratification and dopamine. We're going to do a mini literature review and then the recipe of the week. Song of the week is Soldier of Fortune by Deep Purple. Very good one. Free thoughts. Mindfulness is the aware, balanced acceptance of the present experience. It isn't more than that. Sylvia Borstein. From the MLK Monument, MLK Jr. Monument in Boston, I saw this quote that I liked. Love is such a powerful force. It's there for everyone to embrace. That kind of unconditional love for all of humankind. That is the kind of love that impels people to go into the community and try to change conditions for others, to take risks for what they believe in. Okay, section one, delaying gratification and dopamine. When we think of our current societal view on raising children, we have a conundrum. We want our children to experience a world that is progressing through a technological viewpoint, a growth mentality. What does that mean? When technology enters the learning process, we progress at log rates. We can process more information and incorporate it into our memory. For a simple example, let's look back in time. When I was in school, I had to go to the library, search through the library's archaic Dewey Decimal System to find a book to reference for information for a project or an assignment. Time-wasting, to say the least, compared to the Internet age, was incredible. It took forever to accumulate old data that was in a book. No real-time action. What about technology for fun? This is the place where we get into trouble. Playing video games, Snapchat, Instagram videos, streaming, TikTok, and so many others now are all in the faces of our children and ourselves, frankly. And they're becoming a major concern of mine for our youth. I'm seeing one to two-year-olds in my office, playing and watching on screens during entire visits. This is concerning on many levels. Parents often say that this is an anomaly because it's just during the office visit time to keep the child satisfied and quiet. What is the signal that we are giving our child here? What is actually happening? The child is gaining a level of neurobehavioral candy called dopamine that will encourage more candy hits to satiate the brain's desire over time. They are grooving in negative neural pathways that will haunt their future. Let's dive a little deeper here. When someone consumes video content, they have to make start-stop decisions regarding how much to watch and when to watch, when to stop, switch to another video. This appears to be dependent on a brain network that uses orientation to a stimulus, the striatum, arousal, anterior cingulate gyrus, and the executive function area of the prefrontal cortex. 17% of those between 18 and 25 years of age who have maturing prefrontal cortices spent more than 20 hours a week watching videos in 2020, according to Lynn et al. in 2022, an article published in Frontiers of Behavioral Neuroscience. As the content becomes less dopamine-stimulating, the person will switch to another media content to reestablish that increased dopamine signal. It gets even worse with targeted media like TikTok and Instagram. 30-second sound bites of constant 
dopamine stimulating video content. And let us be very clear that these children are being targeted by these companies and adults are being targeted. The algorithms are learning what you like and they keep sending it to you day in and day out. The dumbing of society. This is where we see the activation of default mode network, which is the daydreaming state. The ability to be oriented to the outside world is lost or suspended. Think of the default mode network as the activity that runs the brain all the time when we are not actively thinking in a goal-directed or oriented manner towards a task. In effect, we are teaching our youth to seek immediate gratification, to zone out, and to be slothful. This is a major flaw in society's health plan. The other issue with the risks of neurobehavioral dopamine candy is the single nucleotide polymorphisms for dopamine enzyme receptor activity and methylation genes like COMT. These common genetic variants can make one susceptible to more screen addiction behavior as well as mental health issues. So what does this all have to do with delayed gratification? The answer is simple. When we delay gratification through the removal or the delayed exposure to instant dopamine-based happiness as screens, video games, purchases that that your child wants now, or other signals that increase dopamine, they will learn to be okay without the constancy of its perceived need. In other words, they can find neurological balance. They will form newer neurological pathways that are not as dedicated to the dopamine search. The process has best begun at the youngest ages so as to groove in the pathways before the teenage prefrontal cortex goes sideways. The more mature that you are mentally, the more capable you will be to delay gratification through self-thought and action. However, starting this process through effective limit setting and boundaries as a parent will set this rhythm in motion. Once the teenage hormonal state and brain state kicks in, We need to be keenly aware of that immaturity of their mind is causing them to focus on and dopamine as a self-rapid gratification mechanism. We need to hold space to be patient during this time as they mature. It's really hard to do. So what are some to-dos in this state? Do not give your child access to videos and phones under two years of age. This is a major no-no. Let your kids learn to self-play. Imagine, work out conflict as they stretch their emotional and growth-oriented brains. Three, lead by example. Do not be a screen parent. Four, have your children wait 24 to 48 hours before buying anything in an effort to see if the desire is real or a dopamine reaction. For bigger, expensive purchases, increase the time of wait. Five, keep smartphones out of your kids' hands until 14 years of age. A flip phone or a basic strip-down phone, no social media streaming, is the best way to give them a smartphone. Hard decisions to be made here when lots of parents aren't making these decisions with your kids, which is going to make your kids pretty mad at you for doing it, but it's the right thing to do. Section 2, Mini Lit Review. In a study in molecular medicine, we see a new study looking at the 24 young males who were allocated into three groups to understand sleep. A normal sleep pattern, eight hours of time in bed per night for five nights. A sleep-restricted group of four hours of time in bed per night for five nights. And a sleep-restricted and exercise group, four hours in bed for five nights and three high-intensity interval exercise sessions. 
They then studied the glucose met metabolic response as well as mitochondrial bioenergetics. They reported that the sleep-restricted group had reduced glucose metabolic tolerance as well as reductions in mitochondrial respiratory function. They then looked at the sleep-reduced cohort that then exercised and found that these effects were blunted. This comes to us from Sander et al. in 2021 in the journal Molecular Medicine. I have noted that this effect is real for me when I get sleep deprived. The science as to why is that sleep deprivation affects cortisol as well as immune inflammatory cascades leading to increased blood glucose levels. Exercise is a key epigenetic modulator of the activation of glucose transporter number four that is insulin independent and directly transports glucose into the muscle for storage as glycogen. This in effect reduces hyperglycemia from sleep deprivation, which thwarts the side effects of mitochondrial, on mitochondrial bioenergetics and other findings. Two from Frontiers in Medicine. Quote, randomized control trials in which the intervention was breathing training, such as slow and fast sleep breathing, a simple prototype respiratory muscle trainer, diaphragmatic breathing exercises, pranayama yoga, straight leg raised breathing, inspiratory muscle training, or time-efficient inspiratory muscle strength training, and the outcome indexes of oxidative stress were superoxide dismutase, reduced glutathione, nitric oxide, vitamin C, and other total antioxidant capacity levels. That's from Lee et al. 2023 in Frontiers in Medicine. So what these results are showing, that parasympathetic induction that occurs with deep breathing exercise has great effects on all of the inflammatory cascade. Think of this parasympathetic activity as a relaxing to all systems. Those mitochondria are relaxed and not having to work hard and spit out reactive oxygen species damaging cells over time. So get busy teaching your kids deep breathing, respiratory muscle activity, diaphragmatic breathing or what they call belly breathing, pranayama with yoga, all of the above. Number three, we have talked about this before, but I want to highlight it again. The non-nutritive sweeteners are affecting the microbiome in a negative way, metabolically. This translational study is key because it proved that the bacteria are the key to metabolic change. The germ-free mice and the antibiotic-treated cohort are proof positive. Here's the abstract from the journal article. Quote, non-caloric artificial sweeteners are among the most widely used food additives worldwide regularly consumed by lean and obese individuals alike. Non-caloric artificial sweetener consumption is considered safe and beneficial owing to their low co caloric content, yet supporting scientific data remains sparse and controversial. Here we demonstrate that consumption of commonly used non-artificial caloric sweeteners or non-caloric artificial sweeteners, the formulations drive the development of glucose intolerance through induction of compositional and functional alterations to the intestinal microbiota. These non-caloric artificial sweetener mediated deleterious metabolic effects are abrogated by antibiotic treatment and are fully transferable to germ-free mice upon fecal transplantation of microbiota configurations from uh, these NAS consuming mice or of microbiota anaerobically incubated in the presence of NAS, non-caloric artificial sweeteners. We identify NAS-altered microbial metabolic pathways that are linked to host susceptibility to metabolic disease and demonstrate similar NAS-induced dysbiosis and glucose intolerance in healthy immune subjects. 
Collectively, our results link NAS consumption, dysbiosis, and metabolic abnormalities, thereby calling for a reassessment of the massive NAS usage, end quote. Suez J. et al. 2014 in the journal Nature. So why highlight this study? The simple answer is that we are seeing more and more and more non-nutritive, non-caloric artificial sweeteners entering the food and beverage market being advertised as healthy as weight sparing. The answer is just wrong and wrong. These products are metabolically a net negative. I have long believed and continue to wait to be proven wrong regarding synthetic processed chemicals being safe or safer than Mother Nature's food types. Stay natural, pony boy. So, section three is our recipe of the week. It's grilled octopus. I have to say, I love grilled octopus. When it's done right, it is absolutely delicious. Sushi style, not so much, but grilled, excellent. This is a recipe in the newsletter called Grilled Octopus with Calabrian Chili and Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Be adventurous. Give those taste buds a a ride on a different train. Okay, folks, that's it for this week's newsletter, audio cast. As always, hug those kids. The information provided in this newsletter is for educational informational purposes only and is not a substitute for advice and or treatment provided by your physician or other healthcare professional and is not to be used to diagnose or treat a health issue and does not constitute the formation of a provider-patient relationship. Have a great day.